Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Auburn over the last three seasons, 43-2 and two at home. And you've got to imagine that they've played some good teams. Like the SEC is not what it is in football uh, as it is to basketball, but still a very good basketball conference. So when you see this and you see that Auburn is playing at home, <laughs> this weekend yeah. uh it almost feels like you gotta like just auto play auburn right auburn squaring off with kentucky yeah. and like you don't have to do any research on this game i feel like you just take auburn here they feel damn unstoppable at home this year yeah auburn is and they're they're a pretty complete squad i know that if you look at i believe their strength of schedule or how many quad one wins is not as impressive as some of the teams right now in the top 25 mm -hmm. but man you mentioned that record at home also they've got a stud in johnny broom and kentucky is just having a really hard time right now lost four of seven so i would and honestly i would have thought earlier in the week when they were taking on a really good South Carolina club, I would have been on the Gamecocks in that game and Auburn absolutely smoked them. So yeah, I would be on the Tigers too, especially because of what you mentioned. That home streak is remarkable. Oh yeah. Like you said, they just smoked South Carolina 101 to 61. They are riding into this game with a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. Like, man, have they looked incredible. And I feel like I need to say this because I was pronouncing it wrong for a long time, too. Mm -hmm. It's Janai Broom, which remember I used to bet oh. on Janai Broom when oh. he was back at Moorhead State. Like, I used to bet on Moorhead State all the time. I was like, this guy, Janai Broom, like, he's just incredible. In fact, I think his mom follows me on Twitter. I was betting on his team so much. So now he's at Auburn, and he is an absolute force 
down low, somebody who can fill up the statue and also a fiery guy. I think that's something that I've noticed um, <clears throat> in their matchups against Alabama, which another quality win at home over a good Alabama squad. Uh, a few games ago, won that one 99 to 81 because that's the thing about this offense. When they get going, they absolutely get going. So I'm not sure what the number is going to be against Kentucky, but uh, spoiler alert, probably going to be taking Auburn here. All right, let's look at some of the other games because I did mention the big one over the weekend, Marquette squaring off with UConn. Uh, Kim Palm has the Huskies winning this one by seven. So usually those are where the betting lines will be around. UConn comes into this one with the nation's longest winning streak at 13 games. So first question is, Jenks, do you think the spread matters here? Because, I mean, it's hard to go against UConn at home. But it's going to be a sizable spread. And usually you are going to be paying a premium for some of the top teams in college Mm -hmm. basketball. So if it is seven, does it make you nervous? I know for me, usually anything Mm -hmm. over five at home makes me a little nervous. But do you think the number is an issue? What I think is that I think this will be one of those games where probably UConn is the right side based on how they play defense. Because when you see it, – it, it'll feel like a trap to me is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You'll see number four Marquette getting seven points on absolute – I'm all over Marquette, and yet UConn is probably the right side just because of how they play at home and because of that defense. And, you know, maybe the under is the way to go as well because UConn also likes to play at a slower pace. Marquette is very good at, at forcing turnovers. So I think the under would be in play, but I would actually lean UConn because I feel like you're going to see that big number and you're going to immediately think Marquette and that, that will come across as fishy to me. Yeah. And just based on what I'm seeing on Kim Palm, the big advantage that UConn has is down low their offensive rebounding percentage in the top 20 of all of college hoops. You look at Marquette's, Not a team that's been great on the boards, 260th when it comes to offensive rebounding. So when you're getting those easy second looks and you're getting multiple times to get it right on the offensive end of the ball, especially when you're at home, one would think that UConn uh, can get the job done. And if you're talking about covering a number bigger than five, you need a team that can shoot some free throws. UConn's a little middling in that category, but they're shooting 73%, which is not terrible. Uh, so maybe not an angle there. So I think this number is probably like, right? Like I'm assuming so. But my only question is when you see a team that's been rolling and has the longest win streak in the country, mm-hmm. do you think they're due for a bad game? I mean, yeah, at some point they will. But also, you know, Marquette has won six straight. So mm-hmm. you could, even though UConn's streak is longer, you can make the case that both of these teams, the way they've been playing, like one of them is due for an off game. So I'm going to side with the more talented squad, the better defensive squad, and the team playing at home because I feel like those advantages line up to help you maybe continue the way you've been playing as opposed to Marquette going into that environment. They're both great teams. There's no question about that. This is going to be the marquee game of the weekend, but I'm going to I'm gonna trust my gut and go with UConn here. I will be fascinated to see tomorrow when the number comes out where it sits and it probably will be around seven and where the money goes. Yeah. And then we have the, the script is flipped for narratives when it comes to this Kansas and Oklahoma game, we were talking about UConn. Mm. Okay. They've been playing really good. When does it end? Are they going to play a bad game? What about Kansas? They're on the flip side of this. They've now lost two of their last three games 
And they're on the road at number 25, Oklahoma here. And Kim Palm has Oklahoma winning it by one game. What has happened to Kansas? This is the number six ranked team in the country. I know they have an incredible home court advantage, Mm -hmm. but still, one would think that they can contend with Oklahoma here. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. One would think, but I think I might go with Oklahoma. Kansas is just kind of a mess right now, and they really mm-hmm. need Kevin McCullough Jr. back. I know he's got that bone bruise in his knee, and but even even though I think he's still, even though he's been sitting out, I think he still leads the Big 12 in scoring, but he wasn't very efficient before he got banged up. Kansas is just in really bad form right now, and so we saw them get blown out when Bill Self was getting ejected first time ever he'd ever been ejected as Kansas head coach, so he's clearly frustrated. Kansas just isn't at full strength, and until they pull it together and get healthier, I might lean to the Sooners, but you know I don't want to bet on a Sooners. I can't stand <laughs> Oklahoma, so give me Kansas out of principle, but the Jayhawks worry with the, with the recent form. I think if you see a scenario like this, maybe you just don't bet it. Maybe you wait and see, because I don't want to go against Kansas here, because the last time these two squared off, it was all Kansas, but it also was a home game. Kansas winning it 78-66. to And I will say the one common thread with hmm, just about all the losses, the exception of one, Marquette was a neutral site. They have five of their losses, five of their six losses have come on the road. So this is, again, a road game, and this is where Kansas has kind of struggled. The recent form has not been there. So maybe you just stay away from it and say, okay, I will bet Kansas once they look a little bit better. But until then, it's probably a stay away for me. Jenks, your Longhorns have a big matchup on the road at number three, Houston. Kim Palm has uh, Houston winning this one by 11. Do you think Texas could possibly keep it close? Is there anything that we need to be aware of? I mean, I want Texas to keep it close. And look, they're coming off their best performance of the season because they looked awesome against West Virginia where they were very efficient. Acemas was great. Dylan Disu was great and came out really hot. But the problem with Texas is that they're so inconsistent, Chelsea. They're just really hard to trust away from home where they win, they lose. They win, they lose. And if I'm being honest, they were probably ranked in the top 25 a little too long this season based on how they performed last year under Chris Beard. But Texas is hard to trust. And also, I hate going against my horns, trust me. Mm-hmm. But Houston has been awesome at home this season. They're 8-4-1 against the number. You bet on the Cougars when they're playing in H-Town. So I would love to see Texas put together great back-to-back performances on the road. But that's not something they've been able to do for most of the season so believe it or not texas three and three against the number playing away from austin i think i would lean houston i hate that i'm saying that but i've got to see texas string together some wins before i can believe in them i'm wondering if you look at a team total under for texas just because that's what kind of the numbers suggest even though it'd probably be a pretty low number like it says on kim palm that texas is only going to score 61 points it's a combination Mm -hmm. of you know tempo and also the fact that houston's defense my goodness top 10 in just about every defensive category uh when it comes to adjusted defensive efficiency this is the number one team in the land so i think texas offense is gonna have some 
tough times getting going. If it's been an inconsistent squad, this doesn't seem to be the elixir uh, that makes it go towards the right side. So uh, we'll see what happens with Texas. And then let's round out things in the ACC. We have number nine Duke visiting Florida State. We've got the Blue Devils uh, supposed to win this one by six mm-hmm. points, according to Ken Palm. Is there any X factor that could make this go in a different direction? Or do you think Duke uh, wins this one pretty easily? Oh, God. Well, I hate Duke, so that always that always colors my handicap. I think I might go with Florida State here. Florida State, or I might look... Oh, God, I go back and forth here. My Duke bias is definitely seeping in. But Duke away from home has not been great this season, Chelsea. It's what, a 2-4-1 and one record against the spread that they have when they're not playing in Durham. And six feels like a low number, but it's almost low to the point where I think maybe the Seminoles are the right side here. So we're going to see, I honestly, I honestly think we'll see a higher scoring game because Duke can really run up the points and FSU is very efficient on the offensive end. I think I would lean to the over or maybe grab the points with the dog at home in Florida State. Don't have a strong opinion on this one, but that would be my lean. The last time I tried to go against Duke, (laughs) Wake Forest, God, what a terrible beat. Duke did not deserve to cover that number, but they did. And now you look at the recent form for Duke is not only have they won three of their last four games, or excuse me, four of their last five, they've covered in four of their last five. So it's not like the number has been an issue. I know some of those games have been at home, but I think I would still lean towards Duke here. Florida State has not presented enough. They haven't been in good form covering or failing to cover in four of their last five games. So I think I would probably lay it with Duke, but I don't feel super great about it. James, why do you hate Duke? Because it's because I almost went to North Carolina. I was very close. But you I grew did up it. in Tar Heels. Yeah, uh. but I but I, I, I almost went to North Carolina. I applied my for my freshman year. I didn't get in. But then they only accepted 50 people, like not just like 50, 50 people as sophomore transfers. And I got in after a year at Texas. And so I was very close to going to UNC. I grew up a Tar Heels fan. I can talk a lot of Heels basketball from like the 80s and early 90s. So naturally, when you grow up being – a North Carolina basketball fan. You hate Duke because of that. And I almost went there and because they have a great journalism program. So UNC mm-hmm. has always had a, a bit of a special place for me in college hoops. And so along with that comes a lot of Duke hate. So that's why. Uh, I hate both of them. I hate UNC and Duke I because I went to NC State. And this is what people love to do. They love to come up to me and say, oh, well, I'm a big UNC fan. I'm like, oh, are you from North Carolina? No. I'm like, well... <laughs> That's not fair. Like, I went to NC State. That's why I'm an NC State fan. But they're like, yeah, but I just really liked UNC basketball. I'm like, God, get out of here, bandwagon fans. Jenks, you almost went there, so you have to hate Duke? Yes. Come on. (laughs) Almost went there. I guess Christian Leitner had a lot of people hating him. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.